I want to explain some things that have been on my heart to do. I think what I'm going to be doing in this article is read it and explain what I think at the same time, trying to share more of what I think in a book. This is from the Freedom From Religion Foundation, Free Thought Today, volume 21, November number 1, January slash February 2004. Published by the Freedom From Religion Foundation, Incorporated. Why I Am an Agnostic by Clarence Darrow. Before I begin, what I'm going to do is go sentence from sentence to further explain... Why I have a difficult time with religion. Here we go. An agnostic is a doubter. Let's pause. What does agnosticism mean to me? Honestly, what agnosticism means to me is that There's more that I don't understand about deities and Christ figures than what I do understand about deities and Christ figures. The more I think I know, the more I realize I genuinely don't know. And that pertains to... (sighs) Religious concepts. Then it says, The word is generally applied to those who doubt the verity of accepted religious creeds or faiths. Pause. I would say that science debunks the Genesis flood myth, the Noah's Ark story, creationism, Talking snakes, talking donkeys, talking burning bushes. And the miraculous feats that were performed in both the Old and New Testament. And then it says, everyone is an agnostic as to the beliefs or creeds they do not accept. Pause. I would say for myself,
is that it's hard for me to accept what I don't see overwhelming evidence of. I've been a person that was lied to my whole life by those who traumatized me in childhood. So evidence means so much to me because I want to know what's verifiable and what cannot be verifiable. So it comes from a standpoint of I desire truth, clarity, knowledge, wisdom, facts, hypotheses, reasonable conclusions, because I am a person who's pragmatic. I value pragmatism. I am into practicality, so I'm a practical person. And I'm into logic. So that is why I value testing to see what is sensible and what is nonsensical. Then it says. Catholics are agnostic to the Protestant creeds and the Protestants are agnostic to the Catholic creed. I think agnostic, people think it's just simply, I don't know, regarding supernatural existence of any kind. It's deeper than that. It means you have denominations who are agnostic to the particular biblical God that they describe. Because how Protestants define the biblical God are different than how Catholics define the biblical God. So you have all denominations, they can't sit down together and agree on all of the basic tenets of Christianity. Um, I've always found that to be troubling because science has peer reviews where they have trained professionals who sit down together and they will actually 
use data in research and statistics, even mathematics, to correct each other because science is in the business of proving itself wrong and they're willing to grow from the errors. And so there are people who are wise who within the world of science when they prove themselves right they do it with humility then into the business of getting down to the truth science can say when it's wrong and science can say when it's right but it's never done out of arrogance while in the world of religion of course you have theologians who have degrees went to school but in the world of religion there is not enough peer peer, peer reviewing by trained professionals to make sure what we're teaching congregations are correct i think religion should be like science in the business of proving itself wrong and if you're able to prove yourself wrong grow from the errors and if you're able to um prove yourself correct that's okay either way don't be arrogant religion arrogance is more much more of a reality than the world of science scientists are big on not knowing everything not knowing all the answers and actually say it while in the world of religion it's not prevalent sadly to do that um Anyone who thinks is an agnostic about something, otherwise they must believe that they are possessed of all knowledge. There are things that we're agnostic or ignorant about. For example, I love being agnostic or ignorant about the sex lives of my parents and what they look like in the nude. I don't want to be all-knowing. I don't want to be all-seeing. I don't want to be omnibenevolent. I don't want to be omniscient. I don't want to be omnipotent. Because of those disturbing realities I just mentioned earlier. And then it says, And the proper place for such a person is in the madhouse or the home for the feeble-minded. Now, we're not bashing people with mental illnesses. We're not bashing the elderly. We're not bashing people who have serious brain situations. What is being communicated is a know-it-all due to pride will rob themselves of a healthy conscience. Then it says, In a popular way in the Western world, an agnostic is one who doubts or disbelieves the main tenets of the Christian faith. I take it a step further. Agnostics don't just doubt or disbelieve Christianity. 
It's pretty much all religions, all faiths, and all spiritualities. Um, and when somebody doubts, disbelieves, or doesn't accept, it's not about having a hard heart. It's not about cruelty. It's not even about barbarity. It's about how the what is being said does not mathematically or scientifically add up. Then it says, I would say that belief in at least three tenets is necessary to the faith of a Christian or any other religion. A belief in at least one God, a belief in immortality, and a belief in a supernatural book. I want to say on record that I am not into bibliolatry, which is making the Bible God and worshiping the Bible. I don't do that. As for immortality, that is something I'm curious about. I've always been fascinated by, in a healthy way, death and what happens after death. So I... It's a mystery that I'm intrigued by. Um, A belief in a God. I've always been intrigued by the concept of the mystery of being able to speak to this deity. And meeting this deity even in life or afterlife that's always those are mysteries that perk my interest um and then it says and I need to really communicate this various Christian sects S-E-C-T-S require much more. But it is difficult to imagine that one could be a Christian under any intelligent meaning of the word with less. Um, There are plenty of bright minds of all walks of life. They disagree with each other. They agree with each other. Um, I'm seeing it's much more common to have denominations within Christianity than Islam, for example. Sufi Muslim, Sunni Muslim are the easiest ones to think of about Islam. So, there are people of all faiths who have gone on to do positive things for the world. So there is an intelligence that they have. Um, The positive things in the world are like humanitarianism efforts. That's what I'm talking about. And um, 
I would say um, that it is very interesting that I'm just struggling with, you know, how the concept of intelligence, I think intelligence should also include honoring science and not seeing it as a threat. But science can help clarify religious interpretations. And, um... I'm not creating an us versus them between the faith-based community and the secular community. That's not the goal, nor the intention of mine. But it's for people to humanize each other. Faith-based people, secular people should humanize each other. And making sure that each one's convictions can be updated, can be upgraded as well. You know, rigidity in science or in religion are both unhealthy. There needs to be expansion of the heart and expansion of the intellect and expansion of emotions, emotional states. Then it says, Yet there are some people who claim to be Christians who do not accept literal interpretation of all the Bible and who give more credence to some portions of the book than to others. Now, that's true, not just for Christians. Yeah, Christians, some Christians do that. But you have people of all the other religions who do the same things with their religious texts as well. And it says, I'm an agnostic as to the question of God. This is what I say. I am not opposed to the concept of a loving God or loving gods. I think it would be nice for that to be fully verifiable by science. The sciences. And I think those are noble and integrous concepts. However, the depictions of deities and Christ figures in these religious texts causes eternal punitive exclusion for people who are good people. But they're non-Christians. And that has always been a thorn in my soul of to know of a concept that the good lives that they lived wouldn't matter to that deity Christ figure according to religious theology and 
has always been agonizing for me. To know that billions of good people, God will overlook all the positivity they've done, all because they didn't have Christianity as their ways of living. And I've always found that to be very hurtful because for myself, I can't imagine any God going, yes, you fed the hungry, you clothed the naked, you gave nutritious water to the thirsty, you built hospitals and fought for quality health care, you fought for the rights of BIPOC, Black Indigenous People of Color, you fought for the rights of women and girls. You fought for the LGBT plus community for their human rights to be sanctioned. Not taken away, but set in stone and never taken away. You fought for the dreamers. DACA. Foreigners, orphans, widows, strangers, the elderly. You fought for the rights of sex workers and you fought for prison reform. You fought for criminal justice reform. You did all these good things But because you're not a Christian, I forever want nothing to do with you in my paradise. I cannot imagine God doing such things, saying such things either. I cannot imagine a God who would say, yes, you fought for rape survivors sexual assault survivors, sexual bullying survivors, sexual violence survivors, molestation survivors, pedophilia survivors, domestic violence survivors, dating abuse or dating violence survivors, intimate partner violence survivors, violent offender survivors, Child abuse survivors, adult abuse survivors, physical abuse survivors, emotional abuse survivors, sexual abuse survivors. Yes, he fought for the people that my own church treats as badly as the rest of the world does. And yes, you achieved congressional legislative wins for trauma and victimization survivors. And yes, you were always there for them when they needed you. Yes, you were a true friend to them. Yes, every time you got a microphone or every time you had a platform, you always made them feel belong and not just included because of your actual hospitality towards them. But 
Because you're not a Christian, I'm going to have you experience eternal tribalism in a non-believer torture chamber called hell. Even though you were heaven on earth to survivors of child sex rings, even though you are heaven on earth to human trafficking survivors and child trafficking survivors and adult trafficking survivors, you weren't tribal, you weren't earthly and temporally tribalistic towards them at all. You were never that, but I'm going to give you tribalism that you have to deal with forever. And you're going to experience weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And worms will crawl over you. And demons will be torturing you and tormenting you. And Satan being the lead torturer, tormentor of you for all infinitely eternity. All because you weren't a Christian. Even though in I know you did Christ-like things in my godly sight. And my name is Jehovah. I can't imagine God treating people like that. Then it says. I think that it is impossible for the human mind to believe in an object or thing unless it can form a mental picture of a such object or thing. I've always questioned in my heart. I'm not sure if it is forever impossible. I'm not willing to go that far because I don't have the evidence to go that far. But I want to have a knowledgeable mental picture of deities and Christ figures. I don't want to believe in them. I want to know them. If I know them, there's a potential intimacy I can have with them if they are benevolent. If they're malevolent, there is no intimacy. But if I could have a mental picture of God, whether that's a thing, whether that's an object, whether that's a person, I want to know that. If I know it, then the evidence is so overwhelming you don't need to believe because it's that factual. It's that truthful. So, um, I really want to know. I really want to know. And, um, I want to see these Christ figures and deities. I want to know, are you for people or against people? Are you for people like me who are marginalized? Or are you against people like me who are marginalized? I want to know who you are. And it says, Since people cease to worship openly an anthropomorphic God, 
and talked vaguely and not intelligently about some force in the universe higher than people, that it's responsible for the existence of people in the universe, they cannot be said to believe in God. I've always questioned, is any deity or Christ figure anthropomorphic? And if so, where's the evidence? And when it says talking vaguely, it references my earlier point, how I think the biggest gray area in life is God or God's. Christ figure, Christ figure. Those are the ultimate great areas of life because all the other great areas of life are attached to that. Um, people still worship a God that they say is anthropomorphic. You have church buildings and churches and homes like the old school days where people make a home a church so that deity is still being worshipped even the most common one is Jesus the most common Christ figure that people think of is Jesus they worship him um I think that there hasn't been enough intelligent discussions between faith-based people and secular people about an anthropomorphic supernaturalism. I think that there has been so much derision and divisiveness that is so elitist and supremacies between conversation between the two faith-based secular that it has always been extremely unproductive. And there are people who believe in God and that will never change for them. Then there are some people that it does change for them. Everybody is diverse on that and then it says one cannot believe in a force accepting hold on one cannot believe in a force accepting e-x-c-e-p-t-i-n-g as a force that pervades matter and is not an individual entity I would say that, again, I want to have spiritual intimacy in a force, accepting as a force that pervades matter, you know, whether it's individual entity or group entities. I just want to know, spiritual intimacy means I want to be able to converse and see if our inner lives are equally yoked between us. So there are people who believe in a force that is an individual entity that pervades matter. I mean, so many religious denominations are proof of that. Um, And it says, to believe in a thing, an image of the thing must be stamped on the mind. If one is 
I mean, let me pause right there. That is very true. If you value something or someone, it will stay in your memory banks. And you'll always have a recollection to, I have to worship. If you're faith-based, that's how it is. And it says, If one is asked if they believe in such an animal as a camel, then then there immediately rises in their mind an image of the camel. That is so true, so self-explanatory. And it says, This image has come from experience or knowledge of the animal gathered in some way or other. So true, so self-explanatory. No such image comes or can come with the idea of a God described as a force. For some people, yes. For other people, no. For people like when it comes to these things, these mysteries, I am still searching for the true answers. Not the answers I want them to be, but the answers they actually are. I'm not trying to control facts or truth. I want to press toward facts and truth and evidence. I'm not trying to control the evidence. I would say... I want to say this. I'm a person that is sometimes I experience strong agnosticism sometimes I experience weak agnosticism sometimes I experience apathetic agnosticism sometimes I experience model agnosticism Sometimes I experience agnostic theism. Sometimes I experience agnostic spiritualism. Sometimes I experience agnostic atheism. And sometimes I experience relative agnosticism. The recently suggested variations include strong agnosticism, also called hard agnosticism, close agnosticism, strict agnosticism, absolute agnosticism, the view that the question of the existence or non-existence of gods or gods are unknowable by nature that human beings are ill-equipped to judge the evidence. Weak agnosticism, also called soft agnosticism, open agnosticism, empirical agnosticism, temper agnosticism, the view that the existence or non-existence of gods or gods 
is currently unknown, but it's not necessarily unknowable. Therefore, one will withhold judgment until slash if more evidence is available. And like, I, and sometimes I experience um, apathetic Gnosticism and ignosticism, which are apathetic agnosticism, the view that there is no proof either existence or non-existence of gods, but since gods, if God are gods, God are gods, if exists, it says apathetic Gnosticism. Let me read it again so nobody gets confused. The view that there is no proof either existence or non-existence of God or gods, but since God or gods, if exists, appear unconcerned for the universal the welfare of its inhabitants, the question is largely academic. Ignosticism, the view that the concept of God or gods as a being is meaningless because it has no verifiable consequences. Therefore, it cannot be usefully discussed as having existence or non-existence since the scientific method, as an example. Model agnosticism, the view that philosophical and metaphysical questions are not ultimately verifiable, but that a model of malleable assumptions should be built upon rational thought. This branch of agnosticism does not focus on a deity's existence. Agnostic theism is called religious agnosticism, the view of those who do not claim to know existence of a god or gods, but still believe in such an existence, see knowledge versus beliefs. Agnostic spiritualism, the view that there may or may not be um, a god or gods while maintaining a general personal belief in the spiritual aspect of reality, particularly without distinct religious basis or adherence to any established doctrine or dogma. Relative agnosticism, this is similar to agnostic spiritualism, but with the attitude that if it was empirically proven that God or gods do or do not exist, it would not affect the beliefs of the relative agnostic. Agnostic atheism, the view of those who do not, who do not know of the existence or non-existence of God or gods and do not believe in God or gods. And then it says, by contrast, compare, I believe... God or God's exist means that I know God or God's exist versus I believe God or God's exist can still mean I don't know if God or God's exist. So where, so what am I mostly? I am, I am a person of agnostic spiritualism. I am a person of agnostic theism. Um, I am a person of religious agnosticism. I am a person of weak agnosticism. I am a person of soft agnosticism. I am a person of open agnosticism. I am a person of empirical agnosticism. I am a person of temporal agnosticism. Um... And I am a person of relative agnosticism. Um, Could there be supernaturalism? It's possible, but 
do I have the overwhelming evidence to prove so? I don't. And I can't pretend that I do because, again, I don't. So... I don't fully know if a God or God exists. I don't fully know if a Christ or Christ figure exists. Those are possibilities that I cannot verify. Um... If there's a God or gods, it should be and or they should be for all good people regardless of whether they're Christians or non-Christians. And that they're all about the human rights movement and they're not about negatively singling out people that don't fit the definitions of conventionality or traditionalism in fact that Christ figure or deity or Christ figure or deity should be embracing a unconventionality non-traditionalists like myself do I believe in a any deity or Christ figure that is A control freak? No. That's how I've redefined atheism for myself. But... Do I want to reimagine a god as... A live live and let live do no harm principle type? Of course. 